Hello and welcome back to the Our View on the 92 podcast. Another important week for football, especially in the Championship. Um, as we did the Premier League Awards last week, we're going to be moving on to the Championship Awards this week. And there's also the playoff final to talk about, which, you know, really exciting playoff final. First of all, Trent, how are you? Oh, I'm great, thank you. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really busy week for me, of course. We touched on it last week. I was going on holiday, um, not in Portugal, which we should still be there, but it was a nicer breakaway with family and friends. Yeah, nevertheless, it's been really hot. I don't know about up uh, up there, up north, Trent, but Will, down here in Essex, it's been sweltering. Mate, it's so hot, honestly. I've got this fan right next to me. I hope you can't hear it, but I need to, otherwise I think I'll pass out live on camera. Honestly, so hot. I'm not, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not, I'm not really that too good in the heat. I don't really enjoy it too much. When it's this kind of hot, especially in England, it feels like it's different heat to abroad. Mm, I think yeah, that's, me, a good, that's a good point. It, it does always feel different in England, but I, I, I love the heat personally. I'd, I'd like for it to be like this all the time. I do like it because it's more social, isn't it? Like everyone goes out a bit more. And, but I don't know, when it gets too hot, hot and bothered is probably the worst, isn't it? It's one of, so mm. stressful. I think it's really annoying for me. One of the things I'm struggling with is getting to sleep. Like, because I don't know, I, I don't know if there's something wrong with my room or something, but it's always just so hot and I can't have the covers on me or anything on there, tossing and turning for hours. It's so annoying. Uh, so, yeah, if you, if you see us sweating or anything during this podcast, you've got to forgive us. But, um, yeah, Trent, is it, how's the weather up there? Because obviously down here in Essex, it's, it's boiling, right? Well, funny enough, I still have the South End thing on from when I came down to you the year and I always look at it's hot here that it's South End. I'm like, I swear them boys say it's hot down South. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been lovely. It's been lovely. Got myself a bit of a, a base tan over the last week in a bit. Base tan, yeah. Fun. Also, um, how, how was your holiday as well? Yeah, really enjoyed it. Like I say, it's a nice little break. Got away, a uh, few drinks, games and stuff on the beach. Yeah, it was good. Enjoyed it. Oh, it's lovely. But I'm sure you still had time to watch the championship play off one. I did. I did. Um, I think Brentford will feel really aggrieved. You know, they just threw that chance away at the end of the season when it gets to the... Uh, the final is always going to be a tough game, a really closely contested one. You know, Fulham are a great side, and on their day, could beat anyone in the league. But you could say the same about Brentford, and you know, Joe Bryan of all people popping up in the final with two goals. Yeah, I know, unbelievable. You know what? I was going to talk about the Championship player final at the end of the podcast, but since we're on it now, we might as well get into it. I mean, Trent, I'll come to you again because we're, you were you were at the pub, weren't you? You weren't you didn't mm. watch the player final? No, I didn't watch it. Before. Yeah, but I mean, Joe Bryan out of all people, as you said there, what an unlikely hero, Trent. Yeah, that's it. He's one of the the unlikely people that you would think would pop up with it. You'd, you'd normally say Mitrovic, but you know, come for the hour, come for the man. The left back comes in and, and does it for Fulham. You know, an instant return to the Premier League. Um, I think a lot of people would have said that at the start of the season. It, it's big for Scott Parker as well because I saw him get a little bit of crit- criticism at times this season. I thought that was undeserved because Fulham have been there all year, and uh, you know they play really high possessive football, score a lot of goals. Um, but like I say, you can only feel for Brentford. You know. It's, it's what could have been you know they throw away the opportunity twice uh, in the last couple of games against Stoke and Barnsley and then losing the final and you know that now straight away their players have been linked away Watkins, Ben Rama etc etc but congratulations to Fulham Yeah um, as Trent just said Will congratulations to Fulham I mean do you have anything to say on their promotion? Yeah congratulations you know you look at the playoff final, Fulham versus Brentford, and both teams had a chance to get top two end of the season, but they both both blew it. But they're both teams full of absolute quality. It could have gone any way, honestly. And yeah, Joe, as Trent said, Joe Bryan, of all people, the left-back popping up with two goals. But yeah, the game could have gone either way, but Brentford would be, as said about every single podcast, they'll be so, so annoyed that they blew that opportunity to end of the, end of the season. Because as I said, playoffs is anyone's. Playoffs could be anyone's. And this time it was Fulham's. And yeah, I was delighted for Scott Parker because he seems like a really genuine guy. I know you guys probably saw his post-match interview where he was just talking like a fan really talking like a fan and just a normal human being not a manager so yeah I'm quite excited to see him next season 
It's, it's lovely to see Scott Parker obviously has a lot of a emotional connection towards the club. Um, but moving on to Brentford, it's as Trent mentioned a little bit earlier, this could be extremely detrimental to their future. You know, players like Ben Rama, Watkins, all linked away to massive Premier League clubs. I mean, Will, what does this mean for them? It's not great. You know, I've always looked in this season and they've got so much quality in their side that you just, as you said, you just feel like Premier League teams will just snatch all of their players up. And I would be worried if I was a Brentford fan, especially because going to their new stadium next season, it's, it's, it's a risk there, you know, especially in the championship. They need the quality players to excite the fans again and to hopefully have a promotion push again next season. So they've got to try their best to keep hold of, especially Watkins and Benarama, both two absolute quality players at the top of the pitch. So yeah, hopefully they've got to hold their fingers crossed and try and keep hold of both of them and not cash in. I personally would not cash in on either of them because it's hard to replicate players who know the team as well. You know, they used to be in there. So they've just got to try and keep them. I think that's the only way they can survive. Trent, as Will's saying there, he thinks Brentford should try and keep the players. But for you as a Forest fan, I'm sure you'd love to see them move to the Premier League. Well, yeah, I don't possibly see the way that they can keep Watkins, in all honesty. You know, it, they've got an 18 million pound release clause in, which seems absolutely ridiculous. You know, I know Villa have been sniffing around it. Um, and then personally for Ben Rama as well, I, you know, they do not want to lose him at any cost, but for him right now as a player, you know, he's had two fantastic seasons in the championship. For him to stay in the championship for a third year when he's already proven it would just hamper his career, in my opinion. He needs that big move. He linked with the likes of Tottenham, Arsenal and Chelsea. You know, they're big names like that, as well as other clubs at the bottom of the, not the bottom of the table, but in and around the Premier League. And, you know, he needs to move now. But you do back Brentford again, like they brought in Tariq Foster in January. He's played a few games for him already from League One and he's already playing good football. You know, their recruitment's just second to none in the championship and I'm sure they'll still be in good hands. They're such an unbelievably well-run club, aren't they, Brentford? They always seem to get their recruitment right and there never seems to be anything dodgy going on there. So, you know, even if they sell, they might be able to cash in and get players of not the same quality, but players that have the potential to turn into that quality in future seasons because they really are run by good owners. But we, we've talked about Brentford quite a lot before we move on to the Championship Awards. Fulham, now obviously they're coming back to the Premier League. They're quite a famous yo-yo club in England. Um, can you see them sort of cementing a place a bit more permanently this time, Will? It's hard to say, really, it, you know, without having the transfer window to kind of base it off, because depending on who they bring in, it, it's a massive game changer. But, you know, I think I think a lot of people had them as favourites to win the championship this season. I certainly did, because their squad is absolutely riddled with quality. So you've got Mitrovic, who is he's proved it. He's, he's a Premier League goal scorer. You've got players like Tom Kearney, good player. Alfie Morrison at the back, who's done it in the Premier League. You know, they're a good side, and if they recruit right and they've got a manager there for two seasons now, it's a bit of, a bit of solidity. He knows the club. The fans love him. You never know. You know, if they if they recruit right, but don't overrun the squad, just add a little bit more quality to it, but don't disrupt disrupt the team. There's always a chance. You know, we've seen Sheffield United this season that they've created a template for teams to go do it. I think every side coming up from the Championship will now believe they can stay up in the Premier League and go on to do good things. So we'll have to wait and see. But there's definitely a chance. I wouldn't wouldn't have them written off straight away by any means. Trent, you'd think that Fulham would learn from their last experience in the Premier League, where they obviously overspent and spent hundreds of millions of pounds, and it really didn't work for them. Yeah, it's a tough one because, like I said, they spent so much last time. But I remember we all had a chat in person quite a bit ago saying that any team that comes up from the Championship this year needs to spend not loads of money, but they need to bring in quite a few players <clears throat> to, to improve the squad. So, you know, I think that Fulham's problem last time was that they bought in too many players and none of them gelled. You know, if, it'd be nice to see them keep more of that core and stick with this season, but just bring in a bit of quality here and there. And I, I think that'll do them, do them nicely instead of just a massive influx of players that don't know the league. 
Mm, yeah, well, hopefully they do learn from last time. And I think, I think it's quite a fine balance with the Premier League because you don't want to overspend like we've seen Fulham do in the past, but you also don't want to do what a, a team like Norwich did and just completely back yourself with the championship players you have and think you're good enough to go and do well in the Premier League. I think Sheffield United is a really good example, actually, of um, how to go and recruit. They didn't overspend too much, but they only signed players that you know they needed um, to really try and cement their place in the Premier League, and it worked really well for them. So hopefully Fulham can take a page out of their book. But we'll move on to the Championship Awards. So obviously we did this for the Premier League last week. It's something that we really enjoyed doing. I hope you enjoyed listening to it, because we're about to spend probably half an hour or 40 minutes doing it again. So if not, then it's a bit disappointing. But we'll go on to the Player of the Year for the Championship. Now, there's so many talents to choose from, especially this year in the Championship. Such a hard choice that somebody's got to be chosen with. Somebody has, yeah, as you said, that there was a lot of choice in my mind. But the player I've gone for, Said Benarama, the player we've mentioned before for Brentford, you know, been absolutely outstanding. I don't think, obviously, they have a lot of talented players at the start of the season. I think people predicting them maybe to push for an unlikely playoff spot, but no one thought they'd get this far. And I say their main man, Said Benarama, he's got 17 goals, eight assists, that's un- 25 goals and assists, that's unbelievable. You know, he's been a constant threat down that left hand side and he's really drove Brentford onto that. Unbelievable third place finish, and it could have been more. So for me, say Benarama has been unbelievable, and he's definitely a Premier League player. Trent, are we going to have a debate on our hands, or are you going for the same player? <laughs> no, it's boring again. It's boring again. I, I, no, but I can't help but agree. It, um, you know, he's he's not linked with them sort of clubs for nothing. You know, he's absolutely incredible to watch. Every time I watch him, he's always his skill. He reminds me so much of Mares, not just from the nation. You know, Mares came up through the Championship. Benarama's doing the same, same nation, of course. But they're just so like likeable players, you know, so good on the ball, skillful. And he just makes defenders look silly sometimes. His goal record last season, goal and assist record last season. Nobody thought he could trump that, but he's done it this year. And um, he's a remarkable player to watch. And Brentford are going to be really unlucky if they do lose him. It's going to be really hard to keep a hold of him. I also don't want to be boring. I had, um, I was thinking, you know, Pereira for West Brom could be a choice. Ollie Watkins, obviously also for Brentford, scoring a ridiculous amount of goals this season. But unfortunately, I also went for Benarama because I, f- I feel like what a player. The things he's done in the championship this season. You know, you just forgetting his goals and assists. You watch him play as a footballer and he's so silky, so skillful. He's just an absolute wonderful player. Um, so it seems like we're all in, in agreement that Benarama is our championship. Our deal so, on the 92 that, that one was really hard, though. As you said, you've already mentioned a couple like Mitrovic, Watkins. There's so many players that could have got it. There's so many great individual performances, but... There's a reason we've all gone for him in this transfer. There's a reason why he's linked with the Premier League clubs. He's, he's an unbelievable talent. Mm, yeah, we haven't mentioned one Leeds player, despite them winning the league. Um, is that Are we being un, unjust there, Trent? Nah, Calvin Phillips is one of the players I did consider. You know, <clears throat> people that don't watch the Championship or people that don't... Like, some people might look at stats, but Calvin Phillips has been an absolute anchor in their midfield this season. I don't think they'd have won the league if he wasn't in the team. You know, they, they, they struggled when he was out. And he's, you know, he's such a big player for them in the centre. He gets forward well, gets back well. Everett um, Chiesa as well was a player I thought about. He's been really good in an average QPR team and he's going to go on and do great things. But yeah, for me, it's got to be Ben Rama. Definitely. OK, well, Ben Rama, Player of the Year for the Avi on the 92. So congratulations. Um, but yeah, Young Player of the Year now. Trent, who have you gone for? I've kept it with the Bs. You know, it's a tough one. I looked at, um, you know, because we've gone under 21, um, I looked at Ben White and Aberich Yeze, but they're 22 now. And I went with Brian and Buemo. Uh, you know, makes up the top of the, the BMW. You know, not spoke about him yet in this podcast. Obviously, we say a lot about Watkins and Ben Rama, but and Buemo coming in from France. <clears throat> we've seen that before with Brentford. And yet again, 
what a remarkable player to watch. Not quite as skillful as as Ben Rumba, but great end product, and I'm sure he'll he'll make the Premier League one day as well. Brilliant goal and assist return, really quick, great on the ball, and uh, yeah, he gets my young player of the season. Interesting, Will. I saw you laugh there. I'm assuming that's a laughing agreement. <laughs> it is, unfortunately. You know, it, I, I couldn't look past anyone else. As Trent said, we, we haven't mentioned him in the pod yet. You know, he's got 15 goals, seven assists. That's only one. That's only two less goals than Ben Arama, the player that got you know, the player of the season. And when I feel like because of the, how good Watkins and Ben Arama are, he slightly gets overlooked. But everyone knows how talented he is. You know, 15 goals, seven assists. He's a great player. He was, wasn't quite as consistent in the last couple of games. Kind of fell off it a little bit, but. That doesn't that doesn't mean anything. The whole season has been fantastic. First season in the championship, yeah, he's a proper talent. It really sounds like we're just a Brentford podcast <laughs> now. Honestly, I feel like this whole podcast has just been. Don't tell me. Have you got you, you, you the same feel? You know what? I I had I did have him down, but I'm actually going to change it up just for the sake of the podcast, right? For the sake of debate, I'm going to put Jude Bellingham in there, right? He's going to retire. He's going to retire the podcast number <laughs> for it. I thought, now. Okay, don't get on. me wrong. I actually, I don't, sorry, Will, I'll come to you in a sec. I don't actually, I do think it does deserve to go to Bruno, but for, for the sake of debate, let's just throw Jude Bellingham in there. I mean, we've got players like Ben White as well, who, you know, unbelievable on loan from Brighton. But for the sake of it, Jude Bellingham, he's earned himself a £25 million or Euros move to Borussia Dortmund. I mean, his goals and assists tally wasn't that great, but for a 17-year-old to really hold that space in a, in a midfield spot in the championship I think he did really well so I'm going to nominate him just for the sake of it for the sake of debate to make the podcast a little bit interesting what do you think Will? It's definitely, it's definitely interesting because you know people bring up his goals and assists but they forget you know he often plays in the middle of the park with a lot of defensive duties I don't think his job is to really score that many goals and obviously he'd like to get a few more assists but he's you know he's 17 16 years old I think he has time to work on that part of his game and it's obviously the, is the award relative because if you're talking because he's that young does he deserve the award more I don't think so personally but obviously he's been fantastic and there's no doubt in his, his talent but for me and Bueno with, with the goals and assists he's getting in his first season of the championship as well it has to be him but no I, I, respect, I respect the argument I respect the argument mm. would, you, would you agree Trent? Yeah because looking at the award you know it's, a, it's an under 21 award for, for what we've done and I so I've got to put everyone into the same category. And for me, and Buemo is the most, the most talented this season out of them. But Bellingham deserves, like I say, a lot of credit. He looked so strong this season for a 16-year-old. I remember the game against Forest. He was here, there and everywhere around the pitch, you know, moving about to different roles. And he, he suited him so well. And he's so good at, so good in the final minutes of the game as well. He's got so much stamina for a young lad. Um, yeah, he, he's been great. And let's see how he does in, uh, in Germany. Mm, yeah, well, I think we are all in um, agreement that... Uh, and Bruno is going to be the Young Player of the Year award for us. So congratulations to him. He does deserve it. I mean, an absolute phenomenal season for him. I'll go into the manager of the season, and I finally feel like we might not be talking about somebody associated with Brentford now. Trent, who are you going to choose? I can't see anyone choosing anything different, though, again. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa. Uh, I think that's so obvious. I think this is the easiest one for everyone. You know, he's uh, considered by quite a few people as a world-class manager let alone the best in the championship um so good what he's done at Leeds over the years and it's it's all it's all came to this year you know he makes him play such good football going forward and backwards makes him so hard to beat you know his coaching efforts to make the players some of them players better has been remarkable and you know I think he's gonna be one of the best managers going up in the in the Premier League next season for what he does for that team so um it was so easy for me to pick that one I really feel like (laughs) listeners are going to get so bored because we're just going to choose the same person every time. But I mean, he's just, he has to win it, doesn't he, Will? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's an award ceremony. But we've got to give who we think's best. We're not, I said last week, we're not going to pretend to think someone else just for the sake of debate. It has to be Bielsa, you know. Trent said it all for me. He's crafted a fantastic Leeds team. He's got on the way he's playing. You know, last season, he had that heartbreak in the season. I think it's easy for managers to give up and not quite get the back in, but he went again with his players. He signed some great players and he's got on playing fantastic football. They've only considered 35 goals this season. Won the league by 10 points. Easy choice. No, easy. I, you know what? I don't even feel like there's much more to say about it. He completely deserves it. Um, is there, Well, before we move on, is there any other candidates you had written down, Trendle? Um, to be fair, I think this one was just so clear for me. I think there's a lot of managers at the credit. I think Paul Cook a bit there for me as well with a job he actually did at Wigan towards the end of the season. Um, but it, it was just so clear for me with uh, Marcelo Bielsa. So there wasn't really anyone that got close to it in all honesty. Yeah, Will, was that the same for you? Just such a one-horse race? Well, it, it was a one-horse race in my head, obviously, in terms of who I think is going to win it. But there are managers like, you know, Neil Harris did a really good job getting Cardiff to the, to the playoffs. You've got Nathan Jones, who kept up, kept up looting. You've got Gerard Struger, the, the Barnsley manager, who did well to escape. But none of them, none of them really come close to Bielsa. But they've all done good jobs individually. Mm, yeah, definitely. Well, Bielsa, congratulations. I'd, I'd like to give Slavin Bilic, you know, also getting West Brom promoted. I mean, it was, you know a bit dodgy in the way he did it right at the end but he did get the job done and in, the, in his first season in the championship I think that deserves credit so you know uh, that's somebody I'd, I'd have put as a nomination as well but I think Bielsa is by far the easiest choice there um, we'll move on though to surprise package team now I struggled with this one quite a bit but Will who did you go for? I, I, mean, I didn't struggle with this one at all I think someone came some head straight away and I think it's Millwall Millwall finished eighth position. You know, last season they've avoided relegation by one place. I mean, no one had them to be up there competing for the playoffs at all. And but you know, and especially when Neil Harris left, you know, a couple of months into the season, people, you know, had them down with wherever. But they've really turned around with Rowett. He's been fantastic with them. And they, you know, towards the end of sort of the lockdown, I think people remember me and Trent talking about the fact they could easily get playoffs. That they were playing a really good style of football, a style of football that suits the way they play and the players they have. And Finishing eighth, you know, a couple of playoffs. That, that's quite an incredible achievement. And only a couple of points as well. So, I'm going to give it to Mill. I don't think many had them had them up there. There you go. Trent, have you got the same or? You know, it kept on changing about. I was in between two. And um, quite similar to what Theo said before, to switch it up to a debate, because I was so close-minded between the two. Um, I'm not going to go with Mill. I'm going to go with Swansea. Um, just based off the fact that, you know, they lost... Um, Ollie McBurney last season, they lost Dan James. You know, that's a lot of goals gone, a lot of quality from that Swansea team. And I personally predicted them to finish about 15th, 16th this season because of that. But, you know, they, they flourished at the end of the season, got into the playoffs, but we won't talk any more about that. Um, but, yeah, they did really well at the end of the year. And they've been quite impressive. And I'm sure that their fans with the right window, and if they can get Rian Brewster back on loan next season after he's impressed, they can try and shoot up even more next year. So, for me... My expectation at the start of the year for Swansea was low. and I really didn't expect them to get into the playoffs. But, you know, Millwall was that other team I was going to say. But just to just throw a bit of debate because I couldn't pick, I'll say Swansea. You know what? I was thinking between Millwall and Swansea as well. Um, and I, I chose Swansea because I think if Millwall had got playoffs, then I would, I would have given it to him. But then Swansea snuck him right at the end and just pipped it. And, you know, considering... Swansea didn't have the easiest of seasons, especially at the start. And then they brought in Ryan Brewster and it completely changed around, especially from the restart. They just shot up the table. And, you know, it was, it was a bit of luck towards the end with how they got in the playoffs. But, you know, with Forrest completely bottling it at the end. Sorry to bring it up, Trent. But, you know, and they, they ended up getting the playoffs. And I think, you know, fair play to them. Um, I mean, would you agree with that, Will? 
Yeah, no, Swansea were one of the teams I picked. I didn't have them very high at the start of the season, like Trent said. But if, if it's 2v1, then I'm happy to say Swansea. But yeah, yeah if, if you agree with me, we will as well. Yeah, it's fine. There you go. I mean, I, I, I think I'd give it to Swansea. Trent, are we both saying Swansea then? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm happy to, to give it to them, like, say, sneaking into the playoffs. Mm. Uh, it's a good achievement for them. There you go. Well, congratulations, Swansea, winning the surprise package team Alvio the 92 award. Um, I'm sure that compensates for the playoffs loss just, just a little bit. Uh, but we'll move on to the surprise package player. Trent, who have you got? Um, I'd hope no one's picked the same because I feel like this one's a bit out there. He's not really been mentioned enough as it should have been. I've gone for Adam Armstrong for Blackburn. Um, you know, this season he's shot out of nowhere. You know, we, we've seen his talent before when he was at Newcastle and he showed flashes at Blackburn. But what a season he's had. 22 goal contributions. But not just that, just what he's done for the team. He's played up front. He's played out wide. He's slotted in behind the striker sometimes in cam with Bradley Dapp being out since December. And, you know, his goals and his creativity has pushed Blackburn close to the playoffs at certain points of this season. And I think he could go on and have a, a good couple of years now. I, I'd like to see him stay. You know, I know there's a bit of interest from Newcastle again to, to, to recapture him. Um, but yeah, he's really impressed me this season. And he, he was the first player that certainly popped into my head because I think he's, he's gone under the radar as such. Not many people seem to speak about him, but he's, a, he's had a terrific season for, for Rovers. Interesting pick, interesting pick. Will, who have you gone for? I went for James Collins from Luton. Um, I didn't, I didn't have him as you know when I looked at Luton to start of the season. I didn't think they had that striker that could get them at least you know like a 13, 14 goals, and that's what he did. He got fourteen goals. That's that's more than Eze, who, who we're talking about as one of you know the best players. And obviously he is not saying he's not, but it's very impressive. And you know he popped up when the side needed him. You know vital goals against Blackburn and QPR towards the end of the season. As I said, every relegation side needs a player like him, and he stepped up. He's been brilliant for Luton. Uh, you know, through League One and the Championship and League Two even. And yeah, he popped up in the Championship. You know, he's almost 30 now, I think. And scoring 14 goals in the Championship is not easy. So yeah, fair play to him. No, yeah, that's, that's interesting. You've both gone for two strikers there and two strikers who, you know, deserved nominations. They've both done extremely well this season. You know what? I'm not sure if mine is so much a surprise package, but I think just personally for me, um, I didn't actually expect him to do as well as he did this season. I think Matty Cash deserves a little bit of recognition here. If you're my honest opinion, like I think, you know, the way he played for the majority of the season for Nottingham Forest and the assists he was getting, and you know, I, I've been to a few games at um, the City Ground this season with with you, and you know, he, he was phenomenal when I've been. I, I, I don't know. I think maybe that might not be the best nomination, but he's just the first person that came to my head. I don't know, Trent, as a as a Forest fan, how do you feel about that? No, he was certainly up there for me, and I don't think that's biased, Steve. I think. Like I say, for Matty Cass to, to slot into right-back in his first ever season, you know, in, in pre-season, everyone was like, why, what formation are we playing here? You know, Cass didn't play right-back. And then he played on the first game of the season there as well because we were without anyone and he looked a bit shaky. He scored, but he looked a bit shaky defensively. But he's grew into it across the season and he's been remarkable. And now, like I say, we're holding off a few Prem clubs for him wanting a bit more money. And I, mean, I really, really hope he stays because, like I say, he personally for me, he's been the best right back in the league this year and he's only going to grow on and be better with how good he, he gets up and down the line. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a good shout, but I, I, I had to go Armstrong because across mm. the full season for him. Definitely. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think a massive reason for me was that uh, Matty Cash obviously wasn't a right back before coming into the season. But then he's come in and he's done, in the main, a phenomenal job, Will. He has, yeah. I didn't really think about him. I just had James Collins straight around my head, but... Matty Cash has certainly surprised me and everyone, really. No one really thought he had that sort of ability at right back. I don't think he'd do it, especially to be in front of the deep end like that. But obviously, obviously, Matty Cash always had talent at right mid, but I guess that is a massive surprise and that is probably a good contender, to be fair. I, I can't really argue with that, but 
I don't mind. All three, all three have surprised in their own ways. So we'll see. Mm, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. Who, who do we give it to then? Because I can see, I can completely understand Armstrong, you know, getting 22 goal contributions, especially, you know, for, Black, uh, for Blackburn. And then, as you say, um, the striker for Luton as well, getting 14 goals, you know, at the age of 30, you know, fair play to him. But then Matty Cash moving positions. I don't know. It's a complete three-way tie here. I'm not really sure. Is either of you willing to give any any leeway? or? I'll give, I'll give it to Matty Cash if you want, because I feel like, you know, starting into that, he's not only been brilliant, but he's in a new position. He's done better than most. Probably arguably the best right back in the league in the new position. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give it to him. That's fine by me, if it is Trent. I'm sure it is fine by Trent. I'd be more than happy for it to be uh, to given to Cash. Like I say, he's definitely been my favourite Forest player this season, as I'm sure a lot of other Forest fans. And I think, um, you know, to say neither, one, uh, neither me or Will Winch and him, we'll give it to Fia, because I think we're all in agreement. He had, he's had a great season. There you go. Matty Cash wins it. I, I, Trent, I thought, I thought it'd be your first pick by far. I thought I was being quite boring going for that, in a sense. But no, nah, definitely Matty Cash. You know, I think for me, a massive reason that I chose him, I've mentioned it before, but just to say again, it's just because of the positional change. Obviously, right mid to right back isn't too too much of a, of a change, but, you know, going from that midfield to the defence, I think, you know, really just edges it um, for him, for me. So, yeah, Matty Cash, the Alvi on the 92 surprise package player. Congratulations. Uh, but, yeah, now we'll move on to the best buy of the season. Now, we are including loans, which is something I feel like I've got to, getting straight off the bat because for me if we're including loans there's only one player we can pick but Will I'll go to you who are you thinking yeah well the loan is them asked when we were doing this if loans were a thing and it's for one reason it's because Andres Pereira is my sign of the season I think this might be a boring one I'm not sure there obviously been some really good signings but he's got 16 assists that's absolutely phenomenal and he's a massive reason why West Brom tick and why West Brom eventually have gone up and I think he's given West Brom that, that quality that they lacked last year. You know, they just dropped out of the playoffs. And I think he's given them that bit of bite, bit of quality. He's versatile. You know, I think if they get him permanently, that could be massive for West Brom. But yeah, for me, and just Pereira has been, been phenomenal and he deserves, deserves the award. Trent, is this going to be an absolute landslide? Yeah, I'm still in two minds because it's hard because, you know, whether Pereira will sign for West Brom next season is remains to be seen. And, you know, he's been remarkable. But do I put it over... Do I put a player that's officially signed for the club over it and has been impactful for me? Because if we were going on that thesis, I'd say Pontus Janssen because, you know, Brentford had conceded a lot of goals this season. And, you know, he, he took it from one promotion rival to another. He steadied up their defence. You know, he's a great player to have in the team. But it's hard to look past Pereira's quality. You know, as Will said, makes them tick. Such an exciting player to watch. Great on the ball. And he'd definitely, he'd definitely be able to handle the Premier League, in my opinion. Um, it's hard, to, it's hard to put a loan over a player that's officially signed, but I think I would have to go Mateus Pereira, to be fair, with the amount of quality he's shown this season and how quickly he's adapted to the championship and the speed of it. Yeah, I think Janssen's a good shout, actually. I don't know why, I just completely missed him out of my list. Uh, but yeah, I think Pereira, I think you've got to give it to him. You know, record, well, the highest assist this season in the championship. You know, he's such a lovely player to watch as well, such a tidy player. You know, so skillful and he's really got that flair on him. It's, he's really entertaining to watch in general. Um, and yeah, I think, I think you know, say if I'm wrong, but I think West Brom do have the option to buy. Um, so I think, you know, that will be going through. I, I mean, I'd assume they take it if the option is there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's somebody that I think would really do well in the Premier League if he does stay at West Brom. And, you know, it is, it is interesting, Trent, you say that um, we're giving it to a loan player. But 
I feel we have to. I mean, he's done so, so well for West Brom and he's a massive, massive reason why they've got promoted. So I think we can all be in agreement that he is the best buy of the season. So I won't spend too much time lingering on this, but you know, what, what a player, fair play to him. But with every positive, there is a negative. So with every best buy, there is a biggest flop. Now, Will, who have you gone for for this? Um, I've gone for Isaac and Bemza for uh, Huddersfield. He was signed for, I think it was about 11, 12 million, which is, I think it's in the top 10 championship fees ever. You know, it's about 5 million behind Neves, who's gone on to, you know, become a Premier League, you know, almost, you could argue, a world-class talent. And spending that kind of money and he hasn't got a goal and assist. He was shipped out to Eamons, Eamons in the French League halfway through the season. He was signed, he was on loan in the Premier League for Huddersfield last year and then they made it permanent this summer. And he hasn't impressed at all. And for that kind of fee, not to get a goal and assist, only to start one game, absolutely poor. And Huddersfield fans will be very frustrated at his performances. He's clearly a talent. You know, I think he's played under-21s or something like that in the, with the Europa League with Montpellier. So, yeah, they'll be frustrated with him. And I feel like that's quite an easy one for me. Um, just as easy for you, Trent? No, actually. I, I'm, I'm going to throw a different name out there. And I just want to say before I say it, it's not just because of the name. It, you know, it's the fall of his career and... The amount of points he's cost his side this season. I'm gonna go Jack Butland. You know, Jack. You know, at times he's been all right this year, but you know, to drop out the side. You know, like somebody a few years ago. You know, he's England number two, and now I dread to think which one he'd be. You know, he's been Stokes number two for quite a bit at this stage of the season. You know, dropping out the amount of mistakes he's made for them, costing points when Stoke needed them. You know, in the 90th minute of the games, you know, fumbling the ball. You know, his distribution's been shocking this season as well, in my opinion. You know, like, say, Federici coming in as, in, as number one for Stoke for a chunk of the season because of uh, Butland's performances. But, uh, yeah, for me, just the fall from grace that Butland's had. You know, he's not been... He's not been top 50 goalkeepers in the championship this season, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just strange to see after yeah. the amount of promise he had. The only, the only thing I would say, Trent, is that I thought the award was worth signing, not worth flop. So, that's why I've gone for a signing instead. But, I mean, I, I do agree with your point, so Butland has been bad, but I'm not sure if it qualifies for Fiat the side. Yeah, you know what? I might have made a mistake. <laughs> um, because I, can't, I think last week um, for the Premier League, I did do um, the worst buy, didn't I? Um, yeah. And I, I think that is actually what I intended. I, I did write down biggest flop, though, so you, Trent, you're completely in your right to put that. Um, so, no, I mean, well, I'm going to have to give it to Will, <laughs> only because, um, yeah, no, I, I should have um, made that clearer. But yeah, no, I think yeah, Jack Butland, his his decline as a as a goalkeeper in general, we'll just talk about that for a second, has been it's been something else. I remember he was linked with, you know, the Liverpools, he, the Chelsea's, he was linked with everybody, um, just as Stoke got relegated. And since then we've we've heard absolutely nothing from him. He's just declined, declined, and declined. I mean, it's it's sad, isn't it, Will? It is, yeah. You know, being a goalkeeper is one of the hardest, hardest positions in the sport. As soon as you start Start to letting goals, you know, you make one mistake and that'll probably cost, cost your team a goal and then your confidence is low and it's a downward spiral from there. You know, I remember, I think it was about 2016, he was starting for England against Germany in the friendly and he broke his arm and then I think that allowed Pickford to come in and now well, he's probably not England's number one now with that he then he became England's number one from that and he's, yeah, he's fall from grace. He got relegated with Stoke and I remember seeing him crying on the pitch and he hasn't impressed in the championship at all. He's looked, he's looked, he's looked clumsy, he's letting goals and it's sad to see. It's hard to really pinpoint why because I assume it's reasons behind the scenes or something like that. But, yeah, it's sad to see. And, you know, as I said, goalkeeping is one of the hardest decisions in the sport. You know, make one mistake and it's highlighted for everyone to see. It's such a poison chalice, isn't it, Trent? The mm. goalkeeper position. Yeah, well, I just thought he'd go down and make it his own. You know, at first, I didn't I didn't even know if Butlins would stay. I thought, is Butlin going to drop into the championship? You know, he's going to want to try and keep on making that push at England. You know, he went down. I respected him, you know. 
because everyone thought Stoke could come back up. But, you know, his first year in the Championship wasn't great at all. And I thought, you know, he's had one year, maybe he can kick on again this year. But, you know, it's been even worse for him. You have to feel sorry for him. But like I said, the amount of mistakes he's made, I know it's hard as a goalkeeper. Like I said, there's only one position. And if you make the mistake, all I have to cast onto you. And the defence hasn't been great either. But, you know, just individual ones from a goalkeeper like that, he just looked completely out of his depth now. Look, shot of confidence. And it'll be interesting to see where Jack Butland goes from here. Yeah, well, sad decline for him. But I think, yeah, we'll, we'll give it to Will's pick in terms of the biggest flop. I mean, you know, being signed for 11, 12 million and then only going on to start one game and then being shipped out in January. I mean, how, how can you not give it to him? So, Will, yep, we'll give it to him. Fair play on that. But we'll move on to the goal of the season. Now, Wait, it's quite... Quick, sorry, sorry, sorry. Wait, who, who was yours? Well, my, oh, my one, my, um, I'm not going to lie, right? I actually couldn't think of one before the podcast. So I, would, I was going to just, just sort of decide before, uh, between the two of you. But I think Will's, point, uh, Will's pick is a really yeah. good one. And I, I certainly couldn't think of anyone better. So we'll give it to him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, goal, goal of the season now. I went, personally, this for Ashley Fletcher um, against West Brom. I mean, I don't know. Do you remember Luis Suarez against Norwich? I think it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, where he's, yeah, where he's yeah. Over, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, exactly like that. And I think, I mean, what a goal! I mean, are you both in agreement? I'll go to you first, Trent. No, I, I did think of that one though. What a goal! What a goal! Like, sell the keeper off his line and absolutely brilliant finish. But I've gone Corley Woodrow against uh, Charlton. What a finish! You know, the balls came out to him. He's he's flicked it back over his head and volleyed it into the top corner. Remarkable goal! And um, he's had a decent goal turn this season to be fair for Barnsley, but. Um, yeah, it had to be for me. Yeah, for me, it was between those two, but I just had to give it to Fletcher just. But Will, who have you gone for? Well, this is interesting. See, I had two in my head and neither of the two that you two picked. Um, uh, one of them was uh, Forrest versus Fulham, Trent, as I'm sure you'll remember. You know, absolutely fantastic team goal where I think every single Forest player had a touch of the ball, switched it from side to side. It ended up being a tapping, but that's not the point. You know, it was it was a team player was absolutely brilliant. But for me, you always lean towards individual brilliance. And I put Ben Arama versus Fulham towards the end of the season, you know, where he cut in on the left. You know, he was so far out, but he used the player, bended it round, and it felt like it took five, five, ten seconds to get to the top corner. It was floated that well. It was right in that bracket in the top corner. I thought it was a fantastic goal. But there have been so many good goals, it's kind of hard to choose. So I'm okay with whatever, really. Yeah, I always pick out I always pick out an individual screamer and then a team goal. And obviously Forrest was a team goal. I remember watching it like say, but I've not seen it's just at the start of the season, I've not seen us play passing football like that in a long while. And I was just I was really surprised and that's up there for me. But I went with an individual, uh, a team goal last week, so I went with a strike this week. It had to be Corley Woodrow for me. You know what? I'll, I'll actually I'll give it to Trent, you know, because I was so indecisive between the two. But I think that, that goal he, he scored was unbelievable. But I think Oh, I don't know. That Ashley Fletcher goal is just it's pretty much on the halfway line. He volleys it. It just oh, curves past him. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, if either of if you've got like a really decisive opinion, you want to stick. So I'm, I'm happy to change. Uh, I mean, part of me would say we should give it to uh, Forrest v Fulham just for the kind of, to be a bit different and try to pick a team goal instead of an individual goal. But I, I really don't mind. All of the goals you said are absolutely fantastic and brilliant in their own right. So it's literally up to anyone I don't mind. Trent, since your goal of the season last week, didn't even get nominated in the official goal of the Yeah, goal did you see years. that, Trent? Yeah. I, no, you didn't get nominated for the Premier League. That's unbelievable. Who's been watching? Who's been watching? Get me on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? Because uh, the Premier League panel overruled you there, I'll let you decide the Abbey on the 9-2 one. It's a tough one because I want to say, I want to, say, I want to give it to uh, Graven, to be fair, because it's Forest goal and it was a remarkable. It's a good shout from Will. And I did think of that one as well. But because I went in, because uh, I went, 
Oh, um, can't handle the pressure. No, I'll, let, I'll pass it to the host. You can either go, you can either go grab it or you can give it to Woodrow. Nah, nah, I said I'd, I'd happily switch to Woodrow because what I thought was an unbelievable goal. I mean, maybe we're overlooking team goals a little bit, but I think, you know, just seeing a player do something like what Woodrow did is just unbelievable and it just takes such talent. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it to him. Um, yeah. Big, big shout so, out to Grabs, though. What a guy. <laughs> yeah, what a guy. 20 what goals, underrated Trent, kind of. There you go. Yeah, maybe, maybe he day. could have been one for the surprise package. But... That's for another day, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll move on. We're approaching our last two categories now. Um, and the penultimate one is the match of the season. Now, in the championship this season, you know, there could have been hundreds of games that could have been nominated for this award, but we did have to filter it down to one. So, Will, who have you gone for? See, this one was probably the toughest pick I've had so far. I think I, I had two matches in my head, and it was similar to the, uh, the discussion last week where I had either a game that had loads of drama, which for me was uh, Leeds 5, Birmingham 4, where it was just back and forth, back and forth, 3-3-4-3, three, 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 you know, incredible. And then I had the Wigan 8 whole whole nil game, where it's just similar to the Leicester game, where it's just an incredible game where goals keep flying in. It's like, But I did go for Wigan Hull in the end, just because of I thought it was incredible the way point deduction was just announced you know I, I looked at the bigger picture a little bit and the spirit of the players to still keep fighting and batter a team you know it was a record championship win I mean that Leeds Bowling game was quite incredible but just just because of off the pitch antics I felt like that added to, to the meaning of the game and to win 8-0 you know score five six goals in the first half that just all of a sudden I was like what is going on that was incredible but, but it, either either game could have it but I'm, I'm gonna vote for Wigan Wigan Hull interesting you know what I, I was actually just indecisive between the exact same two and I thought a part of me didn't want to choose the Leeds-Birmingham game because you know nine goals in a match five four end to end it's like a game of basketball almost but I thought I would just be completely going against my word last week of saying how can you not give it to a record win in a league and that's what I said about the Southampton-Leicester game so I feel like I've got to say the same for the Wigan Hull game uh, Trent I don't know if you're in agreement or I've got Birmingham-Leeds I just I can remember watching it on Gillette Soccer at, at the time, and it was like they were just going to him every two minutes, saying, "Oh, it's three-two now, now it's three-three, now it's four-three," and I was like, "What is going on?" And then that was I think it was December time when um, when Leeds were going through a real patchy run of form, and there's a couple of teams trying to catch up below. And you know, it actually meant it was big for Leeds at the time to actually get that win because they were drawing a few games, losing a couple, bit of patchy form. And if, to get that win in, in the final minute, nine goals, like I say, most of them coming in the final 10, 15 minutes. Like, it was a big, big drama. And for me, that gets it. But like I say, you've got, you've got to give props to Wigan. Uh, Will mentioned it all. And so did you. Like how, how big a result it was in the time that it happened uh, was massive. But like I say, I just think the drama at the end of the amount of goals were scored at go for the Birmingham Leeds. Yeah, you make a good point. I'm, I'm, I'm almost tempted to switch, but you know what? I won't. Only because I think Will's point about the off the pitch, you know, the administration, everything going on there, you know, that was happening. And then to go out and win 8-0, despite all of that happening behind the scenes, I think is, you know, unbelievable. So I think I'm, I'm just, you know, you make a really good argument, Trent, but I'm just going to give it to Wigan 8 whole nil because, you know, I can't really go against my point last week as well, saying you can't give it to the record win. So, yeah, we'll give it to that. I mean, you know, it could have been any of the games in the championship this season. It was so entertaining, but... Wigan 8 whole nil just edges it. But we'll move on, finally, to the final award. Now, this is the best individual performance in a game this season. Now, I really struggle with this one, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but Trent, have you got one? Yeah, as, as, as I've mentioned before as well, I was really struggling with this one because there's been a lot of 
individual performances and across this season you know you've got to remember it's been such a long season you know it all kicked off over a year ago now and you know there's, there's times in your head that you remember good performances but it's hard to pick out one um but one that did flash into my head was uh Pereira against Swansea back in December he scored scored one goal got three assists and I, I remember one of his assists was really really good in that game as well pinpoint his his passing accuracy and he was just in there and everywhere on the pitch like I say just so big for West Brom and it was just that one for me, like say, the provider and goal scorer, and yeah, that was that was just the one that stuck out for me, really. Interesting, interesting. Will, have you got anything different? No, I do have something different, but I do remember that game. He was fantastic, Trent. That's a good shout. But I had Josh De Silva, you know, the centre midfielder from Brentford against Luton when Brentford absolutely thrashed Luton seven 0 and I remember seeing that. And at the, at the time, it was a big moment. Everyone kind of accepted Brentford as a sort of challenger for promotion at that sort of time, and. If you look at the assist, he got three goals and an assist for a centre midfielder in that game. It was incredible. And one of the goals, I don't know if you remember, he cut inside on his left foot. It was an absolute world. It was a beautiful goal. So I feel like just for, just for him, I'll give it. And he's had a fantastic season as well. He's 21 years old, 10 goals from midfield. That's unbelievable. And I think he's got about five, five assists. That's unbelievable. He's a great player. And yeah, for me, that he was incredible that game. I'll just give it to him. Yeah, well, I also had that as well. I think, you know, getting that many goal contributions from midfield is unbelievable, but oh, Trent, you do make a good argument. And I also don't want to, you know, none of us here are Brentford fans, I promise you. <laughs> like, I feel like all we've done this podcast is um, just completely big them up and say how good they are and everything. But, you know, despite not getting promotion, the season they have is unbelievable. So I feel like it's unfair. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'd happily give it to De Silva for that performance against Luton. I mean, Trent, I don't know if you've got a strong opinion against that. or No, I don't. Like, say, if you that... that... It was a brilliant performance, and you two, I've obviously quite lent towards that one. I, you know, I've made my argument for Pereira. You know, the two brilliant, brilliant individual performances, but I can't go to against one. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, not really much else to talk about on that front. Then I think that sums it up for the championship. Alvi on the ninety-two end of season awards. Um, yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed doing this, boys. I don't know, you know, I I quite enjoyed doing these awards. Yeah, good I, idea, yeah. I just want to quickly say how hard it was to actually pick some out. You know, it's been unbelievable year in the Premier League for certain, in certain aspects but in the Championship as well you know the amount of times I've, I've looked at the results after the, after the weekend and, and just thought how has that happened you know the, some people said the quality wasn't as good this season but it sort of evened out and just made it closer if anything and there's just been shock results here there and everywhere and it's you know it's just what we see to expect every season now in the Championship It seems to just outdo itself every single season the Championship but I, you know what I really don't think it's going to outdo itself next year because what a year it was Will in terms of Championship football It was incredible yeah as you said so much drama and I found it quite interesting in terms of when I was going through and picking the Premier League awards and the Championship awards how hard it was the Championship compared to the Premier League just because in the, in the Championship you probably could have given five players player of the year and all of you would accept that it is a good opinion or a good point with the Premier League if you picked five players player of the league there'd be no chance people would just say no obviously there's this clear winners in the Premier League there's so much more variety in the Championship in terms of entertainment and drama obviously the quality is a little bit better in the Prem but yeah Championship again provides entertainment as you said I, I highly doubt it will be as entertaining next year but I wouldn't put it past the Championship you never know hopefully it is for the pod and, for the pod and when we're up in Derby but we'll see yeah, fingers crossed, eh? fingers crossed. I mean, it'll, it'd be unbelievable if it is, but I highly doubt it. But, you know, the championship always just throws out twists and turns every single season. So it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a short one this week, boys. But, you know, not really much else to talk about in terms of football. The end of the season is here now. It's only Champions League and Europa League football that is going to be um, running until the start of the next season now. 
Uh, so yeah, we, we need to start thinking of some new ideas. Obviously, we've got a couple of things in the line works or in the pipe works, but you know, hopefully that can come through. Uh, but yeah, um, another good podcast, boys. I enjoyed it. So yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening and goodbye.